following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. And now I'm going to read to you from Psalm 74, verses 1 through 8. O oh God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you acquired long ago, which you redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Remember Mount Zion, where you came to dwell. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Your foes have roared within your holy place. They set up their emblems there. At the upper entrance, they hacked the wooden trellis with axes. And then, with hatchets and hammers, they smashed all its carved work. They set your sanctuary on fire. They desecrated the dwelling place of your name, bringing it to the ground. They said to themselves, we will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. Well, I probably could have chosen a... Uh more inspiring passage of scripture to lead into the sermon today, couldn't I? Um, you know, sometimes in liturgical churches, after the readings of scripture, you, you know, the reader will say, this is the word of the Lord, and everyone says, thanks be to God. And with a text like that, you're kind of like, thanks be to God, I guess. Um, but it was intentional, and uh, I'll tell you more about it shortly. But I thought first we could have uh, a little conversation in the Zoom chat. And if you're joining us on Facebook Live, feel free to type your answers into the Facebook chat. Just know that I won't get to see them, but everybody else on Facebook will, and maybe you can have a fun conversation uh, in there. So here's the question. I want you to tell me what was the longest road trip you ever took. Right? Now, I know that road trips are not currently a thing, um, but maybe you have one from, uh, from memory that you want to share. Just tell me, like, where did you go on your longest road trip ever? Prince Edward Island. I guess you should tell me where you went from. I don't know. Like, if you're in New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island isn't that long a road trip. But <laughs> Davis, California to Rochester, New York. That's a pretty good one. Someone says 22 hours straight to Florida. Michigan to California. Okay, I'm not even going to be able to keep up with these. I can already tell. 17 hours driving straight in the middle of nowhere, Zambia. Thanks, Google Maps. Wow, that's pretty... It's going to be tough to top that one, Colleen, I think. Um, yes, wow, look at all these. I, I totally cannot keep up with them. I'm not going to be able to read them all. Melody says that Colleen wins, but it's not a competition. Um, so I'm seeing lots of these. Wow, seven national parks in three weeks for a honeymoon. I... I love that. I love National Park honeymoons. We, we did a little bit of that kind of thing on our honeymoon as well. Uh, so for me, the longest road trip we ever took was when we first got married. Um, we went on our honeymoon for a couple of weeks, and then we came back to Rochester. And then three weeks after we got married, we drove from Rochester to Las Vegas, Nevada, where we would be living, a city which Tracy had never even been to before. And um, if you want to know how tough Tracy is, that's a pretty good starting point. Um, so uh, that was my longest road trip ever. And uh, it was, it was uh, something else, I'll tell you what. 
How about this? Do you have a story of a time when you got stranded on a road trip? Um, you, you could just maybe type yes. <laughs> That's painful. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I have never like gotten stranded, stranded. Um, you can share your stories in the chat if you want to. But the closest sto- thing that I have um, is that we, I don't remember if this was on our trip to Las Vegas or some other time. We were, our car broke down after hours and we just barely pulled into this garage and we were not actually stranded for very long because the owner of the garage lived right across the street and then came out. He saw the car there and he came out and fixed our car after hours. And that was really nice of him. But okay, so Colleen is going to win this contest again. It's not a contest, but Colleen wins. Um, stuck in the mud in Zambia for 45 minutes in the dark. Wow. Oh, I don't know. Dan may have topped you here. An unexpected night in Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> Um, for our international listeners, that is uh, alleged to be the site of alien landings and government cover-ups and so forth. Uh, brakes burned out on the mass turnpike of my parents' van. Three hours waiting for family to come get us at a gas station. Yeah. You know, something like that story is, is that's very similar to my story. You're looking back, three hours doesn't seem like that long. To But when you're stranded in a place you don't know and you're not sure when it will end, three hours feels like a very unsafe eternity of time. So um, <clears throat> we are starting out a new series today at Artisan, and this comes directly out of the leadership team's kind of... Um, evaluation of where we are as a community and as a as a people and we're we're calling it uh community x and the reason for that is that we're we're looking at two seasons from the biblical narrative that we thought would speak to our current situation the season of exodus and the season of exile and we're pairing those seasons with our foundational value of community at, at artisan church um and trying to think about what does it mean to be in community with each other at time a time when we can't be physically together very much at all, if at all. And so we, we thought, looking at the seasons of exodus and exile in the Bible might give us um, a, some encouragement or some clues about how we could proceed in this and, and still practice the value of community together. And so, as I said earlier, the the Bible readings from today were both from the book of Psalms. They're songs or poems or prayers or, you know, those all all overlap with each other anyway, right? But uh, from a season of Exodus and definitely from a season of exile. So that psalm right before the sermon started was a psalm written while the Israelites were in exile. And that's why it was so, um, so kind of graphically painful. So what I want to do today as we get started in this series is to give you a quick overview of these two situations, exile and exodus, because I know that not everybody has the same level of biblical fluency, and I would like us to be somewhat on the same page as we get started, and maybe um, in subsequent weeks people can refer back to this if they have questions about what we mean by these two words and these two seasons. And so I'll tell you this, at the end of this, which uh, shouldn't be too long, I'm going to ask a couple of other discussion questions related to exile and exodus. So if you promise to stay with me uh, for this short time, and it really will just be a few minutes, I think, 
um, I'm, I will promise to keep it um, abbreviated and just hit the, uh, the high points or maybe the low points as, it, as the case may be. So most people know something of the season of Exodus in the Bible. Um, Melody says famous last words. Yes, I am not known for brevity. I often take rabbit trails such as the one I've just uh, embarked on. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so most people know the story of the Exodus. The Israelites have been in captivity in Egypt for hundreds of years. And God raises up Moses as the prophet who will lead the people out of Egypt and into the promised land. But the people grumble and they complain and they're disobedient to God. And so the the journey that should have taken less than a week ends up turning into 40 years of wandering. And so think about your longest road trip and how long it was and how it felt like it was never going to end. And then imagine that it's a 40-year road trip and you don't have a car, you're traveling by foot. Um, right, so that's, that's roughly what the season of Exodus felt like. And there's a lot of details in that story that we won't have time to go into today. But as we move forward in the series, we'll cover some of that. The second one is exile, which is not as commonly known, but this is such an important part of the history of God's people as it's told in the scriptures that I think it will really serve us well for a long time to come if we can uh, study and understand the season of exile a little bit more. So the story of the exile is this, that hundreds of years after the Israelites have settled in the promised land, so they've made their exodus and they've settled down, They've established a monarchy. Um, So they have kings on the throne, and it takes about three generations uh, before that descends into complete chaos, and the kingdom is divided into two. So you have two of the tribes of Israel in the south and ten uh, of the tribes of Israel in the north, and they are divided kingdoms. And then about maybe 300 years after the reign of King David, the Assyrian Empire comes through and they, they conquer and capture the northern kingdom. And a couple hundred years after that, the Babylonian Empire comes through and captures the southern kingdom. And this time, they not only capture the people, but they destroy the temple. They sack the city of Jerusalem um, and they carry the people off into this foreign land. So the people are uprooted from the land that they know. They are unable to worship any longer in the, the temple, the holy place where they understood God to reside. In other words, they thought they had all kind of settled down and figured it out and had this permanent situation. They had this brand new to them worship facility. Maybe I'm making too many connections at this point. Uh, but they were carried away from all of that. And they ended up caught in the middle of a culture that's not only foreign to them, but it's also in many ways in direct opposition to the religious practices that they think uh, are the only way that they can be connected to God. So maybe you can see why this is a season that might have something to say to us at Artisan. So we're going to spend the next several weeks, um, and I don't actually know how many weeks this is going to take. It'll depend somewhat on what happens in the next few minutes, to be honest with you. We're going to spend the next several weeks thinking about exodus and exile. And my hope is that these two um, times of crisis, these two seasons of uncertainty for God's people, 
um, as recorded in the Bible, will be a source of inspiration and hope and guidance for us, uh, or at least it'll be an opportunity for commiseration during our own season of uncertainty and crisis. Now, I have a whole list of possible topics that could come out of this, but I really want this series to be as meaningful and useful to you as possible. So in the few minutes that we have remaining here, uh, I thought we'd do a little bit more conversation in the chat, and maybe it, um, it will be that this helps me shape the direction of the series. So maybe we could just start with, you could tell me in the chat, if you're comfortable, which of these two seasons resonates more with you personally right now, Exodus or Exile? And you can, uh, if you just want to say that, just answer with one word, you certainly could. But um, I would love to hear maybe a little bit more about why that is so for you. And um, you can say... This could be related to, you know, the situation with coronavirus and how that's impacted our ability to be together, or it could just be more about where you are at personally in your life right now. Which season resonates more with you, Exodus or exile? Um, Okay, so exile, because we don't know what's next. There is uncertainty and complexity. Um... Uh, Also exile, just feel very isolated with everything going on and feeling disconnected. Okay, Uh, we have a third vote for exile now. Maybe we should have just called the series Community in Exile. (laughs) Okay, exile for loss of connection. Yeah. apostasy preceding exile. Wow. Um, so that's, that's, uh, there's a lot to unpack with that one. Thank you for sharing that one. Okay. So Kristen says Exodus, or maybe it's Kevin who said it using Kristen's account because he said a feeling like a man without a country. Hmm. Yeah. Exodus wandering around, not sure of what's going on. Exodus for our own country's movement in recognizing and addressing injustice. Yeah. Angela says, Exile is reading a book about the parallel between the chosenness of Israel and American exceptionalism. Wow, that is good. I'm going to have to save all these answers and and write them down and, and unpack them more. Dan says, Exodus in the middle of a long journey from a situation that wasn't great but was what we knew to something new to who knows what. Yep. Well said. Maria says, feels like exile desperately miss my home church as well as the freedom to connect with others. Yeah. These are great responses. And I I think, um, in addition to helping me shape what I will try to be saying and teaching about in the next few weeks, I think this is a really wonderful, um, expression of kind of mutuality and solidarity. It really is a gift to be able to read and, and hear from all of you that you're feeling the same thing that I'm feeling or that somebody else might be feeling. It's good. It's good to know that we're not alone. That seems to be a theme that we return to again and again. Well, um, <clears throat> there's 
probably a lot more we could talk about with that, but this is a, a good starting point for our Community X series. So thank you for all of you who shared. And um, <clears throat> In a minute, after we do communion, by the way, you can get your communion elements. There, I gave you a little bit of a heads up for the first time in weeks. <laughs> so after we uh, take communion, um, we're going to sing a song, and you can sing along at home. It's actually a song that's usually used at Christmas or Advent, um, it's called the Peace Child, and and the refrain of that song borrows from the hymn, "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel." Um, and I chose it today because it speaks to the idea that everybody feels like they're in exile. Sometimes everybody feels like the captive Israel, basically. Sometimes, and the song is such a beautiful reminder that God is with us in those times, even though. It may be more difficult than ever to sense that divine presence. And so perhaps this song will be a good prayer for you, a good way for you to cry out that you need to be known and seen and loved. And hopefully it will be a reminder that you are. Because Jesus, the peace child, is Emmanuel, God with us, then and now and always. And it is the real presence of Jesus that best makes God known to us. Uh, And with that in mind, let's uh, turn to communion. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.